It's the Take It Like a Mandalorian podcast brought to you by the Four Figure Discount Network. This week, we are here to review Chapter 10. It's Episode 2 of Season 2, The Passenger. I am Dando. Oh, and I'm Guy. Sorry, I was just eating a bunch of eggs. <laughs> I was just like, are you the frog lady? Who am I talking to here? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I Actually, I watched this episode with the subtitles on because uh, I'm old and I can't hear. But um, I think the best subtitle of this episode was, in brackets, Frog Lady Speaks Frog. <laughs> I didn't really say that. See, I had it on yeah. subtitles too, but I don't remember that. It's funny because ever <laughs> since I've had a kid, ever since we had Elliot two and a half years ago, because we didn't want to wake him up, we had the TV turned down quite a bit and always watched things with subtitles. And now, I just can't help but just watch things with subtitles. It makes all the difference. It does. I really... I, I watch old shows that I used to have watched in the past and go, oh, that's what they've been saying at that point. I, I think a lot yeah. of it just sort of... I just tried to assume what they were saying a lot of the time. Shows like The West Wing, for example, they talk so fast. You know, I, I miss half of what they're saying. You watch it with the subtitles, I'm like, ah, now I get it. Ooh. Wow, the writing on this show is actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, ta- I'll tell you a subtitle story just quickly, if you don't yes. mind. Risky Business is one of my favourite movies. I really dig it. And um, you know the movie I'm talking about, the Tom Cruise. I sure do. Home, home into a whorehouse. For the old, old school rock and roll. Old school, yeah, old time rock and roll, man. Old time rock and roll. Um, there's a there's a bit in it uh, when they've decided to uh, hatch that plan of you know turning Joel's house into a brothel for a night, mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise is doing this voiceover, and he says a line that for about twenty five years it was he says I thought he said we may bury our treasure, and I was like. Well, that's an interesting kind of semi-poetic line, sort of talking about you know money and all that kind of stuff and blah blah blah. And then, I, and just recently, I watched it with the subtitles on, and the line is actually "We made Barry our treasurer." Barry is ah, his friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that just makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> not, not poetic, but makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just oh, and and you know the. The character Barry is actually on screen at that time with his little calculator. I'm like, how the fuck did I not pick up on this? <laughs> but anyway, no, yeah. But anyway, yes. Pro subtitles in this house. I actually, I was watching TV with the lovely Louise, and at some stage, I said, "Do you mind if we have the subtitles on?" Because I mean, I felt a bit sort of dubious asking it. Like, oh, why is she going out with this deaf bastard? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and about twenty minutes into, she was like. That was a good call on the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the subtitles are 100% a good call. The only thing is I find myself watching the words as opposed to the show half the time. There is that, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, it, yeah, it's it's just good to sort of have as a as a nice backup just in case, like, what did he say? You know, I, I, I do love the classic Netflix indistinct chatter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some really, there's some really good ones like I mean, but yeah, I loved... Yeah, Frog Lady Speaks Frog. <laughs> oh, very good. So, yeah, so this episode, basically, the passenger is said Frog Lady. So, Mando is still looking for some Mandalorians who can help the little baby Yoda, help him find his people. And he is given the task of uh, trying to smuggle this Frog Lady to, what's the planet called? Trask or something? Um, Trask, I believe, yes. Yeah, it's the planet Trask, where her partner is. He's going to fertilize uh, their eggs. Uh, unfortunately, Mandalorian, if he's going to do so, he can't use uh, light speed because it will kill the eggs that are in this canister. Uh, but if Baby Yoda has his way, he's going to eat them all anyway. But that aside, um, he ends up getting caught by these two uh, uh, rebels. Uh, uh, rebels? 
the the New Republic. New Republic, yeah. Two guys yeah, in their X wings. Yeah, so yeah. fighter pilots of the New Republic. Um, they they realize that he's um like an unregistered uh, driver. He's got someone on board, so he, he tries to get away from him. Crash lands on this uh, ice planet, very Hoth esque, and um it, the show evolves into somewhat of a horror flick, almost like the thing. Oh my god! I mean, oh yeah, the uh, well, first of all, it's a bit like Alien with those mm. little eggs that yes. uh, yeah that. Um, yeah, Yodito just you know can't stop snacking on. Well, I mean, he only has a snack of one, but that boy, that well, I might call him a boy. That's being a bit sexist. We don't know what gender um, uh, Yodito is, but uh, yeah, can't stop putting things in their mouth. That uh, that little green one. So no, um, I, I, I end yeah. this episode going, eh, Baby Yoda's a bit of a dick eating this person's babies. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. Look, I think that's something. We, I, it's something I definitely want to talk about as we uh, as we look over this episode. But yeah, I mean. First of all, it reminded me of Alien, but then when it was revealed that they were little space spiders and that there was a huge spider that was like their mum, I'm guessing, um, it reminded me... Well, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of spiders at the best of time. I like to think that I'm not that scared of them. And I actually have a huntsman sort of crawling around my house at the moment. And I'm like, eh, look, I'm just going to live and let live. And, you know, you might catch a fly or two. Good on you. Um, although the other... Yeah, but... Um, yeah, watching little spiders like that, and particularly when they sort of come out in huge numbers, it reminded me of Cloverfield. Remember in Cloverfield when they're in the subway? Oh and, yes, um, yeah. I mean, that that scares the absolute poo out of me. Uh, and also the Mist, Ooh, the uh, yes. the adaptation of yeah of Stephen King's The Mist, where they uh, they leave the supermarket and go to the pharmacy to get the you know the necessary um, medicine and all that, and it's just overrun with like. Uh, interdimensional spiders and with with like little skeleton faces it's terrifying and that's what yeah that's what it reminded me of what about arachnophobia oh a, a bit of arachnophobia which um arachnophobia is actually not that scary i, I, I mean it's I, a bit I can't, sort of... see i can't watch arachnophobia because you're just watching all these spiders get killed for the sake of a film <laughs> Well, there is that. I thought you you couldn't watch arachnophobia because you had arachnophobia. <laughs> it would be a normal, uh, a normal reason, yes. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I found arachnophobia is kind of more fun than more scary. than. Yeah, is. yeah. Don't you think it felt unusual for a Star Wars story, a Star Wars show, movie, or whatever, to have sort of like horror elements? I don't think we've ever ha- come across this before. A little bit, although, but as you said, I mean, this is a very Hoth-like planet. And was it the, is it the Wampa? The Wampa, yeah, but it didn't... I mean, the one. I mean, that was a ca- bit the, scary. The, 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 yeah, the one bit captured, um, captured Luke. Luke and whatnot, but it wasn't stalking him for an episode. You know what I mean? He wasn't. True. Like, you, you never saw Luke cornered in the corner with little mini wampers chasing after him. But like, there was moments in this where I felt genuinely not not scared, but I was like, "Ooh, this is give me the heebie-jeebies a little bit." Like he, this, I, I, I thought yeah. the frog lady was going to get it. I thought she was fucked. I, I, I was a bit too. In- yeah, I didn't think they were going to do anything too mean to the to the frog lady. I don't think. They're that sort of. I don't think the stakes are that high in but, this show that yet. I mean, they've killed they've killed off their their share of characters, sure. But I mean, I think it would be a, a step too far for this show to bump off a nice frog lady who just wants to get the last eggs of her race, you know, fertilized. <laughs> Otherwise, it's the end of this particular frog line. I think that if they had done that, it would have just been too much of a bummer. You know, add add on top of that, Yudito eating them all. It's kind of like, eh, I think I think that's about as grim as yeah. you could get. Yeah, but that, this is the thing, though. That's why I thought Favreau did such a great job because for a moment I forgot I was watching Star Wars. 
You know, like well, I, I thought she was going to get it. And then as she's running away, I was like, ah, oh, wait a minute. They, they, they surely won't kill her off because it'd be too mean. Yeah. But, but, it, was for, cer- but for, it was certainly tense. Yeah. And I yeah, mean, I think there was, there was a moment there where I, I think that thought, was, oh, um, shit. Like when she started jump, when she started hopping like a frog, I was like, oh, she's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, it was good. It was good writing from Favreau and good direction this time around from a fellow named Peyton Reed, mm. uh, who is probably best known for directing the two Ant-Man movies for Marvel at this stage. And I think I think there might have been a bit of an Ant-Man shout out at the um, at the gambling place with Doctor Mandible, who looked like a big ant. It felt very New Hope, didn't it? That scene. It did, absolutely, yeah. It felt very sort of old cantina. Um, But Dr. Mandible sounds like a character or sounds like something, a name that Paul Rudd would give one of his ant mates in the (laughs) Ant-Man movies. (laughs) But you're right, being very, but yeah, I thought it was very good direction. I mean, very tense, that whole bit with the, um, you know, running away from the spiders and then the big spider and, you know, oh shit, they actually got onto the Razor Crest and, oh my God, they might get through the door and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that was, that was, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty intense stuff. Now, do you know that that giant spider, um, or these these spiders in general, were originally intended to be in the Empire Strikes Back? Tell me more. So, or is, or is Ruff, that all you're going to tell me? Yeah, no. So, Ralph Macquarie, the the artist who did a lot of the original designs of characters like Chewbacca and all those kind of things, a- he absolute was, hero. Yes, I fucking love Ralph Macquarie. I love his artwork. I mean, it's one of the first things that I. Growing up as a Star Wars fan back in the, you know, when I was a kid back in the 70s, you know, you'd see a lot of Ralph McQuarrie's artwork in like in either books or magazines about I had Star tra- Wars. I had, a trading, I had the Ralph McQuarrie trading card set. I fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the stuff that he was doing, the concept art that he was doing, it's like, shit, this is cooler than the movie. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, but he, so he designed these like, like knobby white spiders to appear in the, uh, the swamps of, of Dagobah. Empire oh. Strikes Back, yeah. Um, they're called uh, Crick. Is it Crickner? Yeah, yeah. So they they're called Crickner. Uh, that's the, uh, the the breed they are. But yeah, I, I guess they didn't. Uh, they wouldn't have felt very realistic if they had these giant mechanical spiders in the Empire Strikes Back in mm. 1980. I think that's something I think that you're... relied on CGI. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're probably stretching credibility just enough with Yoda. You know, I think you know you have more than a, a few puppets or CG or, or um you know sort of um animatronic creatures in the frame and it'd be like eh, this is turning a bit too much into the Muppets yes yeah it's a good point um, but yeah so I just thought it was cool that Ralph McQuarrie because like you said he's an absolute fucking hero that he, he designed these spiders and it was like a nice little tribute that they finally oh, made their brilliant. way to the Star Wars universe and they appeared on the uh, on this ice planet excellent stuff nice nod to the god so the, the negatives of this so they're not negatives but I'm just I watched this and I got to the end and I couldn't help but just sort of feel I know last week we were hanging shit on people who complained that the show wasn't moving fast enough. We got to the end of this episode and we kind of went, I kind of wish there was a little bit more story and character development now. We're two episodes into an eight-episode season and I feel like the show hasn't advanced at all. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, you don't want to sort of do exactly the same you know, levels of highs and lows and you know, story development as season one. But I think something that season one of, of The Mandalorian did that was quite effective was move the story along for the first few episodes and then every mm-hmm. once in a while they'd have that little sort of standalone yep. bottle episode or whatever. But to have, I mean, last week's episode with the, the Marshal and with Timothy Olyphant, that, yeah, you're right, it didn't really move things along that much. It's sort of, okay, he's on, it's the first step in, in his quest or whatever. Yeah, but this really didn't move things forward much at all in terms of the story. I mean, I'd be, I, I, I liked the episode very much. I thought, I thought it was uh, you know, very enjoyable. 
I can't help but think, you know, oh, in the writer's room, had they maybe like, uh, you know, Mando on Ice Planet, Battle Spiders, you know, episode four or something. And it's like, uh, no, no, that doesn't really work with what we're doing. Let's let's put it up front, all that kind of stuff. And It just kind of know, feels, like, it feels like you could sort of turn the episode off the second they get into Mando's ship. And then it's like, and then something happens and they continue on their way. Like yeah. the whole last four, like 30 minutes of this episode is inconsequential at the end of it. But it's just like, oh yeah, that's a bunch of stuff that happened, but it didn't affect anything True. really at the True. end of the day. Yeah, but look, I mean, but I'm on the record as uh, copping to liking that whole um, standalone kind of thing. Oh, you know, no, I get that, but not two episodes straight. I mean, because the thing is, yeah. this is my theory. So you ended last season with... Uh, Moff Gideon, Gideon bursting yeah. through with the, with the fucking dark saber, right? It's like, whoa, that's fucking cool. We haven't seen him yet. We haven't seen Cara Dune yet. We haven't seen Grief Targa yet. You ended last mm. week's episode with Boba Fett appearing. What a holy shit moment! He's nowhere to be seen again. I'm like, give us something. That's a good point, mate. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it does feel like not that it's spinning its wheels, but it's like mm, I would have liked a little more forward motion. Yeah, I mean, I, you've done some you've done some world building. I mean, that whole thing with the New Republic and, uh, you know, oh, it's hard out there for sort of people who may be on the wrong side of the law or, you know, the, the, the galaxy is still working itself out. So that's that's interesting world building, but you're right, it's not moving the Mandalorian story forward all that much. No, and it kind of felt like I came out of this episode, I mean, people are going to hate me for saying this, but liking... Maybe Yoda a little less? Well, yeah. I mean, it's something I was curious about. I mean, is hanging out with, uh, with the Mandalorian, does hanging out with the Mandalorian sort of set a bad example for Yodito? Because, I mean, you see at the very start when, um, uh, you know, they're sort of ambushed by those bandits or whatever and uh, uh, the Mandalorian gives one of them his jetpack or whatever, but it's remote controlled or whatever, and the guy just falls from the sky and... You know, lands in a heap or whatever. Yeah. And and Baby Yoda's sort of like, Meh, you know, doing a little bit of a, a smile or a giggle or whatever. And yeah. and then there's the whole, the whole egg thing, of course. It's like, eh. You know, being exposed to all this violence that the Mandalorian does on the regular, I don't know, is it maybe, yeah, setting a bad example for his for his young uh, his young charge? I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, it was the egg thing that got me. I just kind of thought, he knows what those eggs are. Mandalorian has explained to him, don't do this. And, yeah. he's, and he's just, he's eating this he's eating this woman's children. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? It this was a bit. I mean, plus he couldn't really tell how many eggs were in that container as well. It's like, I mean, one yeah, one or two is kind of a a nicely sort of black joke. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, and he's a kid; he doesn't know any better. And no, oh, God, he's eating this woman's babies and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, and particularly when he's. You know, everybody loves little Yodito and they all want Funko Pops and squishy toys of him and all that well, kind of stuff. Well, there's, there's a pop that came out today of Baby Yoda with egg canister. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Which I knew about about a month ago, but I wasn't allowed to say anything until today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to have him, you know, be an, a misbehaving child or a little, bit of a, a little bit of a monster or a little bit of a brat is... Yeah, entertaining. I think they took it a bit too far with the last, you know, the last bits. Like, yeah, I would have liked it if he'd learned a lesson, but you know, still, the character is called the child. It's still a child. Yeah, that's hundred percent correct. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of felt bad for the frog lady. But also, I just sort of 
looked at it and went, man, Mando, does he really need to do all this shit? Like, why does he keep putting himself <laughs> in these situations? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's his own worst like, enemy, the is, is, it, is it really worth it, mate? <laughs> I know I know the Mando never, Mandalorians never go back on their word and blah, 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 but I don't know. I just felt like he's putting, he's, he's destroyed his ship. He's risking his life, and what for? <laughs> I think that's, I think that's something that's good about uh, Pedro Pascal's performance, particularly you know the voice work that he does, is that I think he some you can sort of sense him asking himself that very question. Mm. Yeah, I think there are times he's like, "Why am I doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> and he he did talk a lot more in this episode, I thought, because his supporting cast couldn't speak. He did, yeah. I mean, although when the frog lady get uh, did get the translator on that um, on Q nine zero, yeah, yeah, the voice was uh, this guy Richard Aoa, mm. who uh, you know, uh, comedy fans will know from the IT crowd, the UK comedy, the IT crowd. But Richard Aoa, uh, he's got a he's got a, uh, a he's got a good voice. He's got a good sort of robot voice and and good comic timing. So I was I was happy to hear him as well. So yeah, so I thought that scene there up until that point, I didn't really give a shit about the frog lady I sort of thought ah just shut up and just do what you're told but I thought that added a real a real human aspect to the character where after that point I was like oh yeah I really want her to get home so her babies can live now you know Mm, they they, they needed that scene but um, overall I thought this was a bit of a I don't know I thought I enjoyed the episode for as a standalone but I just couldn't help but just be a little bit disappointed that we didn't get much story progression I'm not gonna lie it's an enjoyable trifle, but yeah, it, I think it's I think it's time for this season to yeah really get on with the uh, the story, yeah, moving <laughs> moving things forward. Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll be happy to see when um, you know Gina Carano and Carl Weathers and uh, and Giancarlo Esposito show up, and uh, and I'm, I'm sure there are going to be other new characters, and, and of course uh, you know uh, Tamira Morrison as as Boba Fett. I, I'm, yeah, I'm just disappointed uh, because we're we're a quarter of the way into the season now, and we haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> It's all it's all it's all going to happen from now on, mate. It is one hundred percent because I noticed that Carl Weathers is actually uh, directing Chapter Twelve, so I'm assuming he's going to be all over that one. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, uh, okay, then it was very cool to see the X Wings make another appearance. I also thought I'm always happy to see an X Wing, and um, this is this also marked the return of uh, Star Wars uh, royalty Dave Filoni mm. back as, as uh, I believe his character's name is Trapper Wolf. Do you sort? Do you think that the X-wing drivers, the pilot, sorry, came across a little dickish? It's sort of like that. They're, they're in control of the galaxy now, and they're sort of like got a bit of power. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we forget though that maybe no, this could be just me that we're following the show of essentially what the galaxy would define as like a villain. I guess he's sort of like he's not a bad guy, but you know the Mandalorians have been bad guys in the past, so you can sort of see why the good guys, being the um, the Republic, would want to be very cautious with them yeah i imagine yeah they'd be definitely be wary of someone like the mandalorian when they leave mando for dead at the end i sort of thought ah i was not expecting that at all i thought they would at least help him to some i know know they saved him because they killed the spiders but i'm just like yeah but you pretty much left him for dead so why so why why did you shoot the spiders (laughs) i know i think that they probably assumed like uh mandalorians have got out of worse scrapes than this in the past and you know maybe they were able to determine uh yeah, look, that ship's pretty beaten up, but I think they could probably limp out of here or something. Mm. That's what that was. That's what I thought anyway. But saying all that, um, where do you think this uh show is going to be going in chapter eleven? 
not, hopefully not into chapter 11. <laughs> a little bankruptcy <laughs> joke for you. Um, uh, look, it's funny because, I mean, you mentioned, you know, we've both been talking about how the story hasn't really moved forward. And given, you know, that these last two episodes have kind of just been sort of standalone adventures or whatever, it's almost hard to tell for mine. I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, and I'm never really good at sort of predicting where, where these kind of stories are going to go next. I just sort of tend to like to go with the flow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they really have to, you know, reintroduce some of the people that, we've, uh, that we came to know in the previous season. I really think they do have to bring back, um, you know, Cara Dune and, and, um, and Grief and, um, and all that. Here's my, here's my theory. Here's my theory. Let me hear it. Cara Dune is pulling a, um, a Timothy, what's his name, from last week, and she is also dressed up like a Mandalorian, and that's going to be the reveal. So oh. the, 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 the Mandalorian on Trask is going to actually be Cara Dune. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. I look forward to seeing if that uh, actually plays out when the Mandalorian returns this coming Friday in Australia. Yes, I, I just really hope Cara Dune returns because she was great. <laughs> she is indeed great. I like that character. And I like that actor very much. And I mean, I, I love Amy Sedaris, but there hasn't really been a female character on the show this season that young female viewers can get behind. That's correct, yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, look, Gina can kick her share of butt. So, yeah, like, I'm she can beat the share of anyone on that show. <laughs> Oh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to her return. I'm, I'm looking forward to Moth Gideon. Like, I mean, he was such a big baddie. I mean, I know he didn't appear to the end of season one. Like, where, where is this guy? He was, like the, he was like the big crescendo of season one. He was like at the end of the teaser for the first episode of chapter nine. Yeah. And now he's just like, why put him in the previously on The Mandalorian and then not have him for two whole fucking episodes? Yeah, I don't think you want to leave him on the bench much longer than you have. I think even fans of the show, I mean, I'm still incredibly excited to watch it. It's still my favorite show on television. But I think even big fans of the show are starting to get a little bit edgy. I think they're starting to go, eh, I'm starting to agree with those naysayers. Can you please give us something, guys? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, I'm pretty sure that the folks at Mandalorian Central are, are probably have heard that and are, you know, maybe one or two steps ahead of us. And yeah, when this new episode drops uh, later this week, Everyone's going to be like, oh, of course. Okay, this is what we're waiting for. Or this is what it was all leading up to. Well, I hope so anyway. It, it'll get to the end of chapter 11 and I'll go, that was the greatest piece of television that ever aired. <laughs> <laughs> it's making me look at chapter 10 in a whole new light. Um, but don't get me wrong. Chapter 10 was really enjoyable. I felt like I was watching a horror film. It just felt like in the grand scheme of things, as a show, the show's not really moving as fast as it needs mm. to, in my opinion. But as a standalone episode, I thought it was really good. I agree with you. Absolutely. Alrighty, Mr. Davis. Well, that is chapter 10 of Take a Like a Mandalorian. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can write into the show at Take a Like a Mandalorian at fourfigurediscount.com.au. Love to hear you, your thoughts on the show, your thoughts on the podcast, as well as any mailbag questions you have for us as well. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? Ribbit. <laughs>